everybody. This is Jordan Gibson. I play Dark Star on Super Knocked Up, the web series, and you're listening to Genre-tainment. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Genre-tainment, right here on SciFiPulseRadio.com. We're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. And today we have a very special episode of Genre-tainment, part one of an epic two-parter special with our coverage of LA WebFest. In today's episode, we speak to the creative teams behind such award-winning series as the Canadian crime thrower Clutch, the London-produced supernatural satire series The Bloody Mary Show, food-themed comedy series Pairings, the post-apocalyptic western Drifter Broken Road, and the Ozarks-produced horror mystery Stage Fright. And we had a great time chatting with all of them and hanging out with many of them throughout the festival. And I know there were a lot of web stories out there, but was surprised after going to the festival. Indeed, LA WebFest does an excellent job picking web series from all around the world. We saw shows from all over the U.S. and Canada, plus shows from France, Italy, Australia, uh, United Kingdom, Hong Kong, and, and more. It was great to see so many creators from around the world meeting up. And let's not forget to mention that our web series, Reality on Demand, was screening at LA Web Fest, mm. and we also picked up an award for visual effects. Woo-hoo. So, yay yes, No. <laughs> Special thanks to visual effects supervisor Jared Moshner for his excellent work to help us bring to life all the crazy things that we thought up. Oh, and Marx was also on a panel about the future of web series. Yeah, it was a really cool panel. We, we'll talk more about that in part two, about that panel. Mm-hmm. Now, part two will be this Thursday, where we'll be interviewing even more awesome creators. In that episode, we'll be talking to the minds behind the New York-produced superhero comedy, Super Knocked Up. They're always fun to talk to Cater Pitchers, talk about their new comedy series, The Ladies and the Gents, which actually just premiered today. Yeah. Superhero series, Justice Woman, and the Vancouver comedy, Last Chance Casting. Okay, we're about ready to start the interview, but before we get to our interview, we do want to point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality on Demand. And it was a song composed and produced by by our friend Tishon Hardy, and you can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. And speaking of music, any music you hear before and after the interviews are segments from their respected shows. Now let's get started with our interviews from LA WebFest. Hey guys, this is Marks in LA at LA WebFest with a couple of web series creators here. Can you introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm Jonathan Robbins. I'm the creator of the web series Clutch at clutchtheseries.com, and I'm also the co-star of Out With Dad Season 3. Uh, I'm Matthew Carvery. I'm a co-star in Clutch as well as a writer and producer now, and uh, I've also created the series Asset. And Jonathan forgot to mention that he also created the series Dance by Day. Dancebyday.ca is the link for that one. Okay, great. Well, can you tell us a little bit about Clutch? Clutch is a femme fatale action series. We're in our second season. We've uh, released season 2.0 and season 2.5 begins shortly. And we are screening the first two episodes of season two here at LA WebFest. We had our first screening last night and uh, people cringed in the right moments and laughed in the right moments. So I'm happy. What character do you play in Clutch? I play the the main character's good for nothing boyfriend. (laughs) I am not a nice guy. I, I... offer her in trade to the mob for uh, $50,000. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, doesn't everyone do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are human stories. We're just... <laughs> Common practice, really. <laughs> so where did the concept of clutch come from? 
Uh, it sounds strange, but Clutch actually came from uh, out of inspiration from my mother, who is a uh, has always been a fighter in the opposite way. She's a nun. So she fights for what she believes in and does it her way. And I wanted to tell a story about women fighting for what they believed in. Uh, but the way that I'm familiar with is from Robert Rodriguez films and the like. So they use machine guns. Where'd you go from the concept to the actual creation of actually putting together a crew? What's your background in filmmaking? I started as an actor and got into directing as a, as a need to create work for myself as an actor. And through that found a love of directing. And over, uh, over time doing tons of short films, I had built up a, a reputation and a team of people that I was familiar with. So I called on my best people, and then where I didn't have someone to do a particular job, I recruited. And where are you guys based out of? Toronto. For you, for acting, what was your favorite, what was your favorite scene, and also what was your most embarrassing moment that maybe didn't make it on the screen? <laughs> Um, well, no, all my embarrassing moments made it on screen. <laughs> They're the best stuff. <laughs> um, my favorite scene, actually, um, it was a scene I was acting in, but it wasn't my favorite because I was an actor. Um, it hasn't aired yet. It's part of season 2.5. There was a scene I wrote, and I wrote it one way. I had a vision of it in my mind, and I came on set, and the actress I was playing the scene with just played it completely differently than I expect, and I, I couldn't play it the way I thought in my head from what I was getting, so I had to play it differently too. And the scene ended up being like beautiful. And it was just a neat experience to have something that I'd created take a whole new direction just off of one note, off an actress. Um, it's a true testament to the collaborative art form that is film. It, yeah, you know, they say you write a film three times, once you, when you write it on paper, once when you film it, and once when you edit it. And with uh, Clutch, that's very, very much been true. Did you, did you mention an embarrassing moment or a funny moment on set, perhaps? Oh, um, well, uh, first episode of season one, actually, there's a little funny story there. Um, I told Buzz Kaufman, the guy who plays the Hatchet Man, um, to be as rough as he liked with me. Um, and I just, I'd, I'd roll with it. And so we go through the entire two days of shooting. He's, he's fairly rough with me, but I'm expecting it, so I roll with it and I don't get hurt. I go to put my boots on after the, the shoot's over. And I put my back out. <laughs> so didn't get hurt on set, even though he was like, playing with a hatchet around my head. And you know, I, I <laughs> hurt myself putting on my shoes. <laughs> so with Clutch, whenever you came up with the concept, decided you're going to make it, why did you decide web series? Did you have a previous experience web series? I mean, what, what gave you the web series bug? This was my first web series. I had experimented with, with a version of Clutch in a film called Your Ex-Lover is Dead, which uh, you can actually currently see on JTS.TV, the film that inspired it. And um, I had played out the film. It, it did well, but it didn't go anywhere. And once the film festivals were done, the film was done. So the web series was a way to keep this passion project alive and also improve on it from where I made mistakes in the film. I was now able to go back and say, okay, well, it would work a lot better if we actually split that, that character's role into two different characters that interacted in a different way. And, and, uh, and I fell in love with web series as soon as I started working with them. Now to get off from Clutch, let's talk about your other shows that you're both working on. Uh, tell us a little bit about them and where they're at right now. I'm going to go first to Out With Dad, which uh, was a real interesting experience. I was a fan of Out With Dad before I ever had an opportunity to audition for it. After season two, their lead actor, Will Conlon, who played Dad, 
had announced he was leaving the show and they needed a new dad. I was devastated. I loved him in the role. I, I loved watching the show. And, and to me, I was worried about Jason Lever, who creates the show, worrying that that show would fall apart without its, its actor. And now here I am in those same shoes playing the character. And uh, it fits. It, it's, it's magic when everyone comes together. It's a, it's a family uh, full of support. The fans have been extremely supportive, and they haven't even seen it yet. We only started shooting, but just seeing the little intro video we did introducing me as the new Nathan, they've already been, I'm really going to be sad to, to see Will go. I'm going to miss Will, but I'm excited to see what Jonathan is going to do. It's a testament to web series audiences. Um, I'm currently working on a project I've created. Uh, I've got inspired by this guy here, uh, creating web series. I decided to make my own. He's pointing to Joss Whedon right now. Why aren't you interviewing <laughs> him? <Jeez. laughs> um no, uh, Asset is uh, about a spy um, who's not a spy. He he doesn't have any training. He doesn't have any gadgets. He's gotten roped in kind of against his will uh, because he has a connection to someone the CIA wants to get close to. And, um, yeah, it's, it's about a guy who's in over his head and just trying to get by. We've just got a trailer up. It's up at uh, assettheseries.com. Um, it's uh, actually directed by another member of the Toronto Web Series community, Mike Donis, who uh, also created uh, Pete Winning in The Pirates, um, something else you should check out. How big is the Web Series community in Toronto? It's growing exponentially. When I joined the community, uh, I guess about a year and a half ago, we were at about 50 members. Now it's at uh, the Facebook group is at almost 900 members. It's, it's grown ridiculously large, and uh, it's wonderful because they're also supportive of each other. Uh, it's very incestuous in a good way. And out with Dad, did you say where we're at? What episode are we on? What season? Or is it going to come out soon? Season three is filming. I I didn't think there was an official release date, but I think I saw on the Facebook page the other day that he has now officially announced that Father's Day uh, will be the first episode's premiere. And then for your show, you have the trailer out. What's the plan there? We're hoping to premiere early fall, but we're still in the process of getting funding. Um, we're, we've submitted to the IPF, uh, Independent Production Funding Canada. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some money from them um, and some other sources and, and be able to start shooting um, late summer, early fall and for a late fall release. But uh, nothing set in stone yet. Please watch that trailer, and if you like it, say so and tell people that, because that's what helps us get these things made. Yeah. Well, how did you get funding for Clutch? Oh, that was American Express. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and there, see, Megan Brand, there would be your sponsor. Right? It really right. should. It's a great show, and, and they've, they've been kind of paying for it anyway, so. <laughs> you know, they could at least cut me the interest off or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, great. It's been great talking to you guys. Have a great rest of the festival. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Blake Calhoun, the creator of the web series Pink and the sci-fi web series Continuum, and you're listening to Genretainment Radio. Thank you for choosing Bloody Mary. I hope you continue to be scared straight. You're listening to Genre Entertainment. We're here in LA at LA Webfest, uh, meeting all sorts of great web series creators. And right now we're talking with 
Darren Chadwick Hussein, who is the creator of Bloody Mary. I'm sorry, Bloody Mary. The Bloody Mary Show. The Bloody Mary Show. Yeah, she said sort of like great uh, web makers. And then there's me. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just who's just ordinary and sort of, you know, like... It's 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 great to be in LA and it's it's wonderful to be on genre tainment. Did I say that correctly? Genre yes, you did. Thank you. What can I say? I I, I pick up quickly. Took very little prompting. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a, it's a good job this is actually recorded. Sort of, you know, it's, this is audio. If you can picture it right now, I'm in nipple clamps and they're poking me with a stick. <laughs> well, he also has yeah. a collar on. To be fair, that's helping to control. It's a choke yes. collar. Absolutely. So, so if I suddenly go. <laughs> You'll know that sort of I've I've said something bad and and, and displeased mistress. <laughs> we we like to control our get. No, I'm kidding. He's sitting very comfortably. I am actually. This chair is lovely, and this is sort of I got my feet on a poof, oh, as we poof. say in England. <laughs> I that's that's one I didn't know. A poof, yes. This is uh, an old Fredbear poof. <laughs> His name is Harry. <laughs> What's the Bloody a Mary? <laughs> Oh, she's just got it. She's just got it. <laughs> well, what's the Bloody Mary show up about? <laughs> Sorry, the reason is we have to say a boot because we are surrounded by Canadians. He's um, not Canadian. I'm what's not this about? Canadian. It's, about? It's, it's about. Um, well, the Bloody Mary show is essentially a seven-part web series. Season season one is a seven-part web series um, looking at the urban legend of Bloody Mary and um, what she does on her off time. You know, she's she's not nasty. She's not a killer. She's actually just simply misunderstood. So it's how she spends her off time uh, with her supernatural friends, Viscera, Malevolent, and Abdabs. They all hang out in a bar called Hemingway's, which is uh, run by Herzog. Um, we have Succubi in there, we have Incubi, and we have Forbidden Love, which uh, is hinted at in episode one, and you get to see more about it in, from then on. Now, how did you first come up with this idea for the series? Well, the series started off as a short called Winifred. It started off as my way of dealing with sleep paralysis, which is a medical condition um, where essentially you are paralyzed when you sleep. It is accompanied by hallucinations, and I happened to see something so horrific that it actually properly terrified me, and I ran screaming, and uh, ran, and I'd fallen asleep on the couch, uh, and ran into the bedroom with the covers over my head, screaming at the top of my lungs, my poor husband sort of, you know, going, what the hell's going on? And then the dog jumped on the bed and I carried on screaming because I thought it had followed me <laughs> into the room, even the after I'd... Uh, the poor dog sort of, you know, oh, she's had worse. But uh, but yeah, and so it, in order to sort of deal with something like that, if it ever happened again, I tried to personify the hallucination that I saw and created like a little love story about somebody whose job it is to cure you of sleep paralysis before it kills you. And uh, she happens to fall in love with a person that she's curing. But, of course, she's so horrific. Every time he sees her, he, he screams and sort of, you know, and, and freaks out. I did that as a short film, but it was too prohibitive budget-wise. Nobody would have given me the money for it. It may have worked as animation, but I just expanded it into a seven-part web series. I'd, I'd watched things like The Guild and absolutely loved them and thought this is such a great new market, especially in England where there's very few. I went ahead and sort of, you know, 18 months later, the character of Winifred became Viscera. The film was sort of expanded and, and absorbed into the main narrative. And um, that's how that came along, Bloody Mary. Uh, came along and, and took the lead role. Sorry, Viscera. 
<laughs> well, and that's interesting because with sleep paralysis, it used to, thought no hag was sitting the on them and trying to kill. Them. And then also that is also I believe the start of the succubus and the incubus Absolutely. mythology as well. So because people used to before they realized that it's your body is still paralyzed, but you're waking up that they thought there were demons. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's so many things. They were even saying alien abduction mm-hmm. is possibly sort of sleep paralysis related. Would that be the fairy scare too? That was... I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the fairy scare. Well, the, people used to... Now we have alien abductions. People used to believe that they were being abducted by fairies. I, I Probably. I mean, there is no set pattern of hallucinations. You can hallucinate anything. But it is such a cultural thing. Every single culture has it. In Turkey, it's called Nabuzu um, or something. Sorry, that sounded Russian, actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible. But uh, in, in it's Namukte, is, is, I think it's a Japanese term for it. Um, I'm sure people are actually Googling as they're listening to this, and I'm sounding like a complete idiot. But, yeah, just insert the words from other languages. Uh, but... It's got to the point now where small villages in Kenya are now, all the men are, and we shouldn't laugh at this because it is actually terrible. There is apparently a demon going around raping the men at night, which is, you know, is is comedic, but also horrifying that actually sort of you know there have actually are... been a few witch burnings recently um, absolutely i mean it leads and to stuff any, like that. any woman who i guess steps out of her place they think that she is a witch and causing all these problems and and that's part of it and then, yeah they're they're yeah. burning still having witch burnings in some parts of the world yeah well i mean originally i'm from lancashire um which is i guess it would be england's a equivalent of Salem. Mm-hmm. We had the witch trials in Pendle Hill. Um, oh, you guys just had to be first. We had to be. I'm sorry. You know, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> you know, we don't follow trends. We make them. <laughs> but we, but that, so I grew up um, surrounded by sort of, you know, images of witchcraft and, you know, you give a small child something like that and it was great. And because my mother, uh, God bless her, her soul, um, she actually would take me out of school and say, Darren can't come to school today. He's got a doctor's appointment. And we, she would take me to the matinee of Poltergeist. <laughs> I was about six, you know, because uh, she wanted somebody to go and watch horror films with. And oh her youngest child was the one. So she warped me in such a wonderful way that I owe everything to that woman. Yeah, God bless you, Mum. I was so sheltered. I Probably to this day, my mother would still not let me see Poltergeist. <laughs> I actually t- I, I showed somebody Poltergeist uh, Craig Daniel Adams who plays the human Chris in it I actually showed him Poltergeist and he hated it oh. I guess you know he's he, he's younger than me uh, he's a young whippersnapper and uh, he's sort of you know the shocks are much more these days and yeah. he was very disappointed but I was sort of terrified by Poltergeist I still love it you know we're in series two. We are doing reference. We got, we referenced English horror films in the first series, but uh, in the second series we are referencing some. And, and Abdabs, who is our Grim Reaper character, will actually say the say the words "head towards the light, Carol Ann." Mm. He will. That we that is currently in there in a draft. You know, whether it makes it to the <laughs> final draft, we don't know. But uh, you know, we do have a Poltergeist reference in there. Now um, you mentioned that where you're from, they have. The history of the witch trials. Is there any folklore that's more specific to, you know, where you're from that maybe general audiences might not be familiar with? Um, 
Well, I mean, every single culture has its very culturally specific things. There are... I, I feel like it should be putting a spoiler alert on for Series 2, um, because Cambians are a very interesting create a mythological thing which i never don't really think made it across the ocean a cambion is a the child of an incubus and a human woman um merlin from king arthur was a cambion you know there i'm possibly giving away major spoilers uh for series two so i should actually shut my mouth right now (laughs) but that is a sort of you know you heard it here first on genre entertainment you know, genre tape. Genre tape. Oh, the choke chain. The choke chain. No, that was the taser. He's that just joking. It was. Taser. It was the taser. That was the taser. But no. But uh, but other things as well. I can't think off the top of my head if there's anything. You know, we had the Cottingley fairies, which were those very famous photographs of you know those two little girls mm-hmm. with the most pathetic paper fairies it was so obvious that they were cutouts but you know you know you had people believed in the flea circuses they would stare and they would swear that they were seeing fleas on little trapezes and and it was the power of suggestion yeah when they were like four i believed in flea circuses i never actually (laughs) saw one but i actually would see there used to be adult it was the less sophisticated audience and the power of suggestion was was pretty strong well, you know. It's odd, though. <laughs> yeah, sort of, you know, nowadays we just call that Fox News. You know. <laughs> that's, that's sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel room in L.A. watching Fox News and getting more and more wound up. Don't do that to yourself. You know, there isn't a problem that can't be sort of blamed on Obamacare. Yes. It's like, you know, what, you wanted a socialist who sort of, you know, pr- wanted to look after the poor? No, that wasn't Obama, that was Jesus. Yes. You know? <laughs> Can you imagine if he came back these days, Fox News would, would hate him. Uh, he wouldn't be allowed. No, he in, wouldn't. In, in, in be, many of the churches. Yeah, he'd be deported. You know? <laughs> you know, God bless. He's an illegal. He's a, he's a... <laughs> Nazarene, Nazarene. <laughs> He's from the Middle East. He must be evil. Yeah, that's sort of you know that's I mean, the the whole thing's you know I I'm married to a a, a sort of Turkish Cypriot. Um, bit controversy there, so I'll just say Turkish. It's normally easier. Than sort of, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> saying the word Cypriot in there is just sort of it, like you yes. know like sort of yeah. Well, hello, I'm English. You know, we have Northern Ireland. <laughs> so you know, okay, right. If you're getting wound up about that, I will give my normal answer to. Uh, because I, I lived in America for a few years and I would get a lot of people who were sort of fourth generation, you know, they would say, you know, they were Irish American or they were Italian American. It's like, no, you're American. <laughs> you know, which part of that do you not understand? You know, and so they would say, ah, oh, you know, the English, you came over and you raped my granddad's potatoes. And, and and so my standard answer would be sort of like, you know, yes, it's absolutely disgraceful when, you know, a, a culture invades and sort of imposes itself on, on sort of, you know, the, the people who are it's there. It's a good thing that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. How do you treat the Native Americans <laughs> was my standard answer. So that would always shut them up. I was a real smart ass. I'm surprised I didn't get punched more often. I am too. Although, you know... <laughs> Oh, I'm leaving this interview you right know, now. Our, our stand, my standard answer is that as an American, I'm pretty much your typical Heinz 
57 variety, you know, and and if if you held a grip, I would have the most horrible identity crisis in the world. <laughs> like half of my ancestors were kicking the other and half of the ancestors asses at any given moment. <laughs> Well, I said, because I, I, I'm, I'm this sort of but mixture of everything. that's the history of the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, you know, we can all enjoy our strong cultural and ethnic identities. Mm. But the truth is, if you go back far enough, we all came from the same place. <laughs> a mountainside, a hilltop in Africa. We crawled out of the same primordial ooze at some point, you know. Mm. And But I'm sort of like, my mum's my family is sort of Eastern European Jewish, sort of fled during World War Two, And my mm. dad's side of the family is Irish and Welsh. Yeah. So, you know, Jewish, Irish, Catholic sent to a Church of England school, you know, I, I've got plenty of guilt and I've, I've got it all. <laughs> I've got guilt. I'm legitimate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can do a Star of David. I can say the Hail Marys. I can I can say the Lord's Prayer. I can do it all. You can be like you the know. guy from the Mummy movie who like starts praying all the different ones just you know to what? save sort his of, Yeah, absolutely. And then he finally does the, <laughs> the Jewish and then he goes, oh, a slave. He can work for us. <laughs> I love that. I could do that. Sort of, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'll probably find you one know, religion I, I can get to heaven in. People are like, oh, I thought it was very practical of the man. You know, maybe I'm just a little Machiavellian, but I thought, you know, that was a pretty wise I move. I think if you're going to hedge your bets, it's a pretty go good way out. of sort of, you know, doing it. Uh, <laughs> you're bound to get it right one place. Hey, the only danger is not getting it out before he kills you. You know, you just got to hit the right one at the right time. Oh, <laughs> Back to Bloody Mary. Back to Bloody Mary. <laughs> Really get right in. I'm sorry, won't I? I go off the tangent, you know. Yeah. We've never done that. Uh-huh. No, never ever. Uh, so, what, what show are we doing again? Uh, Super Noct- Oh no, it's. <laughs> I'm leaving. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so of uh, Bloody Mary, you mentioned a season two or a series two. Yes. So what's the plans? at that what would you hope to perhaps release that okay um i hey listen listen view uh, listeners in radio land right now i am shrinking and cringing um i should have had series two written by now i don't it's all up in my head don't you touch me <laughs> are you my mother yes okay fair enough take me to a horror film <laughs> Uh, I should. It's, it's, if you it's, don't behave, I'm going to make you watch Twilight. Oh, d- oh. don't, don't! I couldn't. Even, I, I couldn't even watch it on a plane to send me a. Don't, don't worry, uh, I can send it to make it a punishment. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sparkly vampires. Um, yeah, I should have actually written it by now. It's all in my head. I know where it's going, but I wanted to come to somewhere like LA Webfest to actually sort of meet other people to find out, you know, if they what they liked about the show, and you know, I've been listening to the audience who have been you know we're on we're on facebook we're on twitter i you know please leave us messages we always respond love comments uh nice comments on the youtube page because i will always you know we, somebody will leave always contact you comment somewhere else yes absolutely but yes just please do leave lots of comments and i was trying to respond so probably uh, the originally the show was written for sort of you know 12 to 15 year old girls we didn't get that market they we actually attracted a, an over 25 quite gender mixed uh market and what does that uh, say about the maturity maturity of the world's population at this point <laughs> well hey so that you know this is great because we can actually now take in themes i mean there was there was there were strong themes in um series one there was out al- uh it was quite a lot about alcoholism in series two i want to go 
then explore a lot of other issues that I didn't think I was going to get to. Mm-hmm. So now it's even more of, of writing. And actually watching it on the screen that was played in the LA Webfest, it made me cringe a few times because I was seeing all the mistakes magnified, you know, which a lot of people will probably not even notice. But I was like... Sort of cringing, making these these terrible noises and squirming in my seat. So I now know, you know, to cut the pauses to sort of keep it, make it much quicker. Um, so it is a great learning experience. So uh, yes, yeah, so there's lots to do in series two, and typically, rather like a college student, I have left it all to the night before the exam. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the thing because when with web series, we tend to making it for a computer monitor. And so it is It is a very different experience watching it on a bigger screen. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like being shouted at, isn't it? It is. And I, you know, we, we've seen it and, I, I, and I, I'm proud of our show, but I kind of cringe. I'm like, I'm so sick of seeing myself and I am like way too big on that screen. You know, it's like, <laughs> I feel like I'm the giant floating head from Oz <laughs> because the whole the filming and the cutting and everything and we're editing and we were just looking at it on a monitor the whole time and suddenly I feel like the floating head from Oz as I'm up there talking and I'm thinking that's just... Pay no attention to Batman behind the curtain. <laughs> it's a different it's a different situation, so it's it's another world actually seeing it on a big screen. But you should never really set yourself you know, don't set yourself sort of, you know, don't set the bar low. Mm-hmm. You know, you should at least set it to as high as you can. Um I've seen the show so many times. Uh, it's great to actually be part of a show that I've something that I've written and I'm not sick of it yet. I can still carry on watching it and yeah. sort of, you know, pick up the nuances and sort of, you know, and, and concentrate on other things. It is a show that sort of, you know, there, there are things that you will see in repeated views that you didn't see in the first one. And there's terrible continuity errors. Now, how long did it take well. you to film? We'd originally planned to film for two weeks, but um, we had a very good, uh, we had two great DOPs. Um, the second DOP we had, we had one for the real world and one for the realm, which is where the characters hang out. Now, um, Claire Buxton, who was the DOP for The Realm, took a lot of time, sort of, and, but it shows on camera. Um, but when you're doing low budgets, you know, you have to be quick. So she did take a lot of time. So we did have to push on for a third week. I had to stop filming for, I had to essentially shut down filming and say, look, we, we need more money. Um, managed to get it amazingly, almost straight away. And so we just carried on then, but we had to take a one-week hiatus. And the thing about it was that everybody came back, even though nobody was being paid. Uh, They had such a good time on the set that everyone came back, apart from one person who could not, who was was playing Whoopi Goldberg's part in Ghost, the the musical, that (laughs) week of filming. So it was like, you know, what do you want to be? Do you want to play Whoopi Goldberg in a leading role in the West End, or do you want to be in our show? And... Of course, she took the whoopee part, and God, God bless you, we actually replaced her, and nobody has actually noticed that we changed <gasps> oh. the actress. Oh my we gosh. even made a joke about it. So it was like the Darren from Bewitched. It was a Darren from Bewitched. We actually well, went, we went the Roseanne did she way. she just go into a closet and come out as somebody? She was, it's, the <laughs> char- it's the character of Malevolent, who is taken away by her mother, in one episode and then is she escapes from her mother and comes back as a different actress and one person she says oh I've changed my face to you know hide from from her and one of the characters says you know is this your mate 
And uh, he was like, yeah, 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 sure. He says, but she looks different. And he says, oh, he's a shapeshifter. And she says, oh, shapeshifter. Yeah, I can buy that. <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah, a lie. We had to put that in because we couldn't insult fantasy. the audience. Yeah, it's Absolutely. fantasy. You can just make shit up. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, we can swear on this. Oh, this is bloody oh, sorry. great. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like it the Roseanne way, which is you. the audience is not stupid. Yeah. Play up and make a joke of it. You know, we yeah. could get away with it in our show. But I loved how Roseanne would change the Becky character. Oh, and they made fun of it at the end. They're like, do they By think the no end, one's going they, to they, notice yeah. that they changed the actress? And they're like doing that whole conversation. And it was a time when they went to Disneyland and it was one of the characters. And she goes, we're going to Disneyland. She's yeah, aren't you glad you're in this week? <laughs> you know, that was such, you know, we, we are probably, I would love to have Jenny back in series two as another character playing off against the new malevolent that would be really quite fun uh, to do so that, that may be something if, if jenny is available and willing um i would love to write her a role in series two now what's your background in filmmaking oh god i i, I it's it's sort of a very sad story uh, and it goes back to my my um my high school um i um uh, I was kind of outed when I was 15 and in England you you leave school at 16 and so I didn't really go into school in my final year. Luckily all my exams were sort of, it was 100% coursework so I could sort of, you know, do all my essays and, and things like that without going in and I thought I am not going to carry on my education with all these bastards who have yeah. You know, made my life a hell for a year. So I was looking around and the next town over had it was doing A-levels, which is sort of what you do when you're 16 and 17 years old. And they did them in these new topics that were media studies and, and film. And so I was like, whoa, I can actually study media studies and film at A-level? This is brilliant. So I, I went to the college over, started completely afresh, did those, got into film school when I was 18. I was the youngest one to ever do the course. Had a really bright future ahead of me. And then I completely screwed up. <laughs> completely screwed up and um he admits it though that's that's good well i had to i was sort of given bad i, I had a bad role model in my life uh-huh. who thought that you know sort of you know, i would be sitting around for years on welfare thinking that sort of you know certain things were beneath me and which is terrible I was the complete idiot, but I was in a very bad place at the time. Yeah. So I I was about a decade behind where I should be. Luckily, I managed to, I was volunteering at London Film Festival and I met some guys from Philadelphia and they were like, oh, come on, we have a film festival, come over there. So that reignited my interest and I moved over to Philadelphia full time, worked at the worked at the International Film Festival and their Lesbian and Gay Film Festival before Tribeca came along. We were the biggest on the East Coast. On the oh, East okay. Coast. Um, that was great. Um, that reignited my passion. But what I really wanted to do was write. When I finally left America, I think it was in 2005, uh, my mum had got very ill at the time and I wanted to go back to college and do a master's in screenwriting. So that was it. I sort of, you know, got back, did the degree. Uh, so I did the master's. Um, and unfortunately, then the recession hit. Mm-hmm. So any... What recession? Absolutely. What recession? You know, we're all taxing the poor, you know, tax the bankers. <laughs> you know, right now, hopefully people are throwing their fists up. Uh, oh, so yeah, so all, all the British drama was, a lot of it was cancelled. 
so everyone had to go down a few levels so entry level positions were not available for new writers so at the time I'd I'd written the short Winifred and was passing it was being passed around to producer producer and I was getting so fed up and I was like you know what I've never produced anything before in my life I'm going for it and it wasn't so much a learning curve as like a learning wall (laughs) which I had to climb and um I learned so much and I think it's really important. You know, I, my life is an open book. If you have any questions, you know, email me. I'm Darren at bloodymaryshow.com. Ask anything you want and, you know, I'd be more than happy to, to respond and, and help you out. But that's that's my history. Now, how has the um, British, I guess, film industry, has it recovered any from the recession? Is it starting an uptick or is it still pretty much... And how, um, how and how different is it trying to break into that versus break into you know American Hollywood? I think they're two completely different animals, but also at the same time they're they're a very common species. We have British film has been sort of in decline for a number of years. Every now and again, we will have you know a renaissance, or, or, and you know it will be ah the rebirth of the British film industry, and then we go back down. Again, you know, we have Billy Elliot, Full Monty. Every time one of these films comes out, everyone's thinking, oh, yes, we're, we're, we're back again. And uh, we're not. But we used to have something called the levy tax, which meant that um, British films were funded by the government. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, they went incredibly downhill in the 70s. And it was just a lot of schlock mm-hmm. that was made that was funded by the government. So, of course, questions were asked. And they got rid of it. But it essentially killed the British film industry. Now with sort of the democratizing and with cheaper technology, sort of, you know, uh, there are more people sort of, you know, picking up and doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see where this is going to take us. I think a lot of people are scared, but they shouldn't be. They should embrace it. Yeah. Well, we noticed, you know, we were up in Vancouver. Marks went to Vancouver Film School and and it was so different because... They get all these, the government will pay them money to make films and they get tax breaks and, and they have health care and it's a smaller business. And, you know, we're like, oh, my gosh, we have none of those advantages in the U.S. You are so on your own. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it, it would, that's kind of a two way street. There was recently a film and it was called oh, some, uh, uh, A Labor of Lies or something. And it was actually a tax scam that five people had actually claimed money back for, I think it's called the Enterprise Initiative Scheme, where you can actually claim money back from the government to make British films. They actually tried to claim back £3 million um, on a non-existent film. So this is going to ruin it for everyone. So, well, they, they kind of, what they did was sort of, you know, they almost got away with it. And then sort of, you know, the inspectors were called in and it was like, well, can you show us this film? have anything to show us yeah. so they went out and shot a 70,000 uh, a 70,000 pound uh, film on a Canon 5D that ended up showing at some last it won an award at the Las Vegas Film Festival apparently oh my God. and um, it, and sort of you know they said oh yes this is our 3 million pound film they shot it in like a week and uh, it was like no you know this did not cost 3 million pounds <laughs> they uh, weren't born yesterday yeah absolutely that, but uh, so there's probably going to be repercussions of that. So, you know, I wish I had the moxie to be able to do that. You know? <laughs> I went to film school. I didn't go to business school, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're sense. apparently not a con artist at heart. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I think we're all con artists, darling. But 
in the Wizard of Oz nice way. You know, yes. we're not we're not bad men. We're just very bad magicians. That's true. Wizards. Yeah. Let's have a little fun question. Um, like, off the like cuff. Have not been fun. <laughs> no, we, we, it's been so laborious up oh, until this point. God. So you've done, you seem to know a lot about folklore. Yes. And, okay. and super supernatural creatures and such. So if you had to be a supernatural creature, what supernatural creature would you like to be? And not, and, not a sparkling vampire. I mean, that's yeah, eliminated. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, or, or they're wussy werewolves they had. No. I, there is one thing I, I did want, do want to say about Bloody Mary show. If you haven't seen it, there are no zombies, vampires, or werewolves in the Bloody well, Mary show. Well, we're just ending this interview right now. <laughs> and there never what? will be. There never, ever will be. No, well, okay, that's no, it. No, no well, sparkling vampires. Okay. If I could be a creature from folklore, um, you know what? I, I really, There are so many wonderful ones. Um, Sharon, the ferryman, who sort oh. of, you know, uh, boats uh, who boats people over from, over the River Styx. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a great one. He would be, I'd, I'd like to be Sharon for a day. Only because the word, the name Sharon in England is a girl's name. <laughs> really, really, yes, absolutely. It's a bit, a bit of an unclassy name, Sharon and Tracy. You know, they're a sort and sort of girl. You know, I realise the irony that I am called Darren, which is an incredibly sort of like you know trashy English name um, oh, of, a, of a certain age. You know, you're sort of you know you're essentially lower class born in the seventies if you were called Darren or Barry or Kevin or Wayne. You know. Those are very common names here. That's not a yeah. Well, they're Barry. not sort of trashy. Barry's, Barry's a little dated. Barry is, is early seventies. Darren is mid seventies. I've actually noticed that um, Darren has been taken up by the black uh, British black community. Uh-huh. Um, so anybody named Darren under Younger. the age of thirty is actually black. It's Wait. like I'm the last white You're Darren. The last white Darren in yeah, English. it's like Winston Churchill was the last white Winston in England. That's a good yeah. point. Well, you, you know, it could be like me. When I was growing up, it would be, you know, three Julies in the same classroom, you know, because everybody's mom decided to name them Julie oh. all at, in the same year, apparently. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. There were probably sort of, you know, there was going to be kids called like Robert. And what's the name of the vampire in Twilight? Um... What is his? If you know this, you're actually sort of like you know. I, oh, I'm Jacob! Like, is it? Is Isn't it Jacob? That's the werewolf. That's the is werewolf. That a werewolf. Oh my! You know it. You said you know what? There were actually going to be kids called Jacob. You know who are yes. born now. So in fifteen. 15- 20 my years time was, they're going to be there's going to be lots of Jacobs voting be afraid America yeah. <laughs> be my, afraid my mother I love to tease her because she likes Twilight and Edward. she Edward, Edward that's yeah. it that's right because it's team Jacob or team Edward it took me a long time to figure out what that meant but <laughs> my mother wanted us to name our, our our rabbit Bella and so I was liking Isabella until I realized why she liked Bella so then we, we I decided not to name her that we named her Suki <laughs> You see, I can do that in a sort of, you know, I can do that. Suki. Suki. Suki, 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 Suki. That's, that's, she that's res- she only responded to that name at first when Marx would do his vampire bill yes. impression saying it. Go on, do it. Do it. Go on. It's not very good. Oh, do it. Go no, on, then. No, that's the point. Is just... Okay. Go on. <laughs> it is. It's and just how he says it. I did. I. you wiggle when he does Yeah. That. It's funny. Yeah. But I, just, I just love his, oh, Suki. So okay. She even makes fun of it. I I haven't seen that. I stopped watching there's, it at the end of episode series two. I haven't. There's a scene where she and I, I swear to God, she actually starts to giggle when she does it. It almost breaks character because she's like, I expect him something like I expect him to walk through the door and go, Suki. 
I think I've seen that clip on YouTube. I actually said, you know, well, let's, let's call smiles. it on now. Uh, and it's so funny because you know that they just put the, I, they just put that in there to make fun of how he says her name. Oh, but, uh, but no, what was the question? <laughs> I don't, we got detoured so much. Supernatural creature, you answered it. Yeah, I answered it, yeah. That one, that one was, no, we, not, we not that one out of the, the chick name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're going to call that question. The one where he wants to be the River Sticks dude with the chick name. Heck yeah. We did a super knocked ha- uh, up, uh, super geeked up hangout the other day, and the, the sort of you know the thing was gay zombie porn. Now it's going to be sort of like you know, yes, River Sticks guy with a chick's name. We knew that had to, we <laughs> knew gay zombie hashtag. porn had to be a real thing, you know, because there I think everything exists at this point. <laughs> oh, I was curious, um, how is the web series community in uh, the UK? Is it uh, is it growing? Is it? It's growing. Um, it's very small and self contained at the minute. What? is popular in England is the guy talking to the webcam. They're very big at the minute. Um, but then you get people like Tomska, who is massive, like 10 billion subscribers. And uh, But he's now gone into to production. So he's smart because what I'm really worried about is about in five years' time, you're going to get a bunch of sort of, you know, YouTube superstars who are now sort of living in some sort of sunset boulevard house you know bitterly sort of you know walking the halls and going i still am big it's the views that got small yeah. <laughs> you know so you're going to create these these sort of you know the, the, there's a bunch of 25 year olds who are acting like 17 year olds yes. um and unfortunately people move on to other things so I'm really worried about that. But the web series community is slowly growing and gathering momentum in England. I think we need about three or four more good shows to get people to take notice. Now, we, we were talking, we've talked before about how, in our experience, the web community is much more supportive than the independent film community tends to be much more competitive. And we think it's probably just because, you know, there's competition for venues and there's all these things. Is that your experience in the UK as well? Um, with the community in England, uh, the web series community as opposed to the indie filmmaking community, they are we overlap, but they are quite separate. There are people who look down on you know web series, uh, but you know well, we're, we're the we're, yeah that's universal, but we're the ones having the last laugh. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> we we yeah we'll get sort of a, you know we we've released our stuff on YouTube and it's there for the public, and you know eventually you know people will start watching. Well, great, you've had a, a one screening in some sort of you know cinema in in Aspen, and and sort of you know and and that was it. That was your shot. You know well. Screw you, you know. I'm really, I'm, I'm really quite happy, uh, sort of, you know, catering to the lowest common denominator, and just sort of, you know, entertaining people. I have no problem with that. The web series community in we are very close knit and we are quite supportive. There's a thing I call uh, sudden ratings syndrome, which is a bit like sudden wealth syndrome, where some people who have suddenly taken off can get can get quite arrogant, and at the same time, somebody coming into the community who hasn't really done their research. And they said, oh, yes, we're going to put British web series on the map. And you're just sort of sat there at the back, like, you know, the, the donkey and animal farm going, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Why don't you tell our audience where they can find you? OK, you can actually watch the show on uh, Uh We're on YouTube, Bloody Mary Show. Facebook, Bloody Mary Show. Twitter, Bloody Mary Show. Coldcast.tv slash Bloody Mary Show. If you can name a website, you can add slash Bloody Mary Show to it. <laughs> you can probably find us. I hope you watch the show and uh, thank you for listening. 
right, well, thank you for speaking with us. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Chris Stone. I'm the creator of Blood and Bone China, and you're listening to Genretainment. How is it you're still single? Because it's a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. No, I don't buy that. Women like food just as much as men. You know, if you could get a woman to actually taste your food, even you could get laid. You play a girl elf D&D character. So? I don't need help getting women. I wouldn't put it quite so eloquently, but... You kind of do. <laughs> Would you find a man who cooks attractive? Yes. She's cute, but she's married. She's got like a kid. What's the problem? People are starting to get hurt. Crap. Hey guys, this is Marks and and Julie. Jean Entertainment here in LA at LA Webfest. We're speaking to different web series creators, and right now we're speaking to Ed Robinson uh, from Pairings. And Jody Younce, I produce Pairings. All right, well, can you tell us a little bit about Pairings? Sure. Uh, pairings is a, um, uh, the premise is that it makes, uh, that cooking makes men sexier. So the, the Pairings is really just about food, nerds, and women. Can I please just say that I've been trying to tell him that for years? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. Well, there's a reason I married him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys probably can't see this, but yeah, it's pretty clear that I only got her because I cook well. <laughs> That's not true, but it probably helped. <laughs> All right, well, how many episodes do you have online so far? Uh, we have six episodes online right now. We're looking into making season two right now. Have you enjoyed... LA Woodfest. You, you guys are here in LA, right? You're from LA. Yes, yes. We're we're here local, and um, it seems actually harder to go to a Webfest when it's local because you still have all your regular daily life to go to. But what we've been to has actually been really amazingly fun. Um, we've met a lot of really cool people, like you guys. <laughs> well, it's also and, we've been able to reconnect with people we have met when we traveled to New York for the Indie Soap Awards and things like that, and that's been a lot of fun. I was going to ask. Um, so what was the kind of the genesis of this show? How, how, did, how did you come up with it and decide to do it? We were drunk. <laughs> Those are the best ideas. Exactly. Those are the only ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, um, we had had a couple of drinks one night, and we were just, you know, goofing around and talking, and we had this idea of, you know, oh, what if we made a, a web series uh, about a, a guy who's trying to cook, and that's how he ends up getting women. And somehow I woke up the next morning and Ed had already written, like, you know, five pages of a draft. <laughs> and it just, it just went on from there. Uh, and really, the whole thing kind of took... Um, we, sh- we shot about exactly a year ago. And I think almost a year before that is when we had written the first page. So it went, actually, I think, in my mind, pretty fast. Uh, the, the nice thing was, I, I've been catering... Uh, I've been, I make my money in these days by catering indie tv and film sets uh anything from like 20th century fox digital web series to uh, very very indie stuff uh and so i was able to pretty much uh first i was able to get the get a lot of people interested because i had a lot of contacts in the community and but i was also able to just handpick my crew which was really important to me i was able to say oh come work on my project i'll feed you really well and we have uh, we got a great DP and great composer and all those people just because I I'd met them through catering. 
Yeah. Now, have you found that since you bring the food on set, that whatever set you're on, you're the most popular person there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's actually normally what I say, so I don't even know how I can add to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to make sure that was your experience, too. So, why web series? Why did you come up with this concept and think, nah, we're not going to make a film out of this. No, we're not going to try to pitch this to television. We're going to do it on the web. Well, we, I didn't ever envision it as a, as a film, uh, so that's easy for me. I have always felt like there are, fil- th- there are food fictional films like, you know, Julie and Julia, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman by Ang Lee or uh, Big Night, but I, I didn't think that it had been done as a episodic yet. I mean, Anthony Bourdain kind of thought about doing it a little, but it, it just, I don't feel like it's been done, and I wanted to do it, and I, I just... I don't think that the networks would be are ready for it yet. Uh, so I just thought the web series community was a better place to do it because it is such a specialized thing. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to complain if a show, if a channel picks us up in the future. But I think it needed to start in the web series space because it is kind of a, a new concept. We'd also kind of had the the con- the connections. That too. Um, we knew we could do this. Yeah, we we had worked with you had worked with David Nett on um, Gold as well as Night of the Zombie King, so we were kind of already familiar with the the medium. And we'd worked with Stephanie Thorpe on Elf Quest of Fan Imagining, and we knew Shannon Nelson, so we just knew the community really well. What did you do in Gold? I was in Gold. I acted in Gold. I was a guest star in episode three. And oh, I guess I, the other reason I wanted to make it a web series is it was becoming clear to me that it was becoming the future of uh, entertainment. And you know, most people under the age of thirty are getting a lot more of their entertainment now. I mean, I think it's actually a, a, a stat that I've heard. I hope it's accurate that they get more of their entertainment online than they do on TV. And as that generation gets older and becomes a generation consuming content internet TV is what everything's going to be and I want to ride the wave now and not miss out and uh, before we go could you let everyone know where they can find your show and any other projects that you have you can find pairings at pairingstheseries.com you can also find us on Facebook uh, we're at pairings series that's Twitter yeah I'm sorry Facebook is facebook.com backslash pairing series at pairing series on Twitter um, as far as other projects, I don't think we have anything we have Are yet. ready on. to talk about. Yes. <laughs> there might be other things in the works. We do have pairing season two that, we're, that is written and ready to go, and hopefully that will be out soon. So stay tuned. Please let us know whenever you have something else. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have one quick fun question. Sure. If you were to have your last meal, what would it be? I can't. I can't narrow it down. I can. Can I? Can I modify this question? <laughs> can I? Can I go with what my favorite comfort food is? Yeah. Sure. Not my favorite food. Just comfort, comfort food. But I always come back to pesto. I love, love, love pesto. If it's on the menu, I will be ordering it. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but my last meal would have to be something I can't cook. Uh, so it would have to be something very specialized that only a restaurant could do, like. Uh, something like sushi or uh, just a ridiculously uh, intricate French dish or roasted, yeah, something. Something that I can't make in my home kitchen. I'm I'm not thinking of anything great off the top of my head. Yeah, something that crazy fancy that takes hours. Baked Alaska. There you go, baked Alaska. I've never even had it. See, my comfort food is mashed potatoes and peas. Mashed potatoes and peas. Because you get the mashed potatoes and you get the oh, peas on it, and then you 
That is a comfort <laughs> food. And I'm a chocoholic, but some of mashed potatoes and peas. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thanks a lot for speaking with us, guys. Yeah, thank of you. Of course. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Tanya. And I'm Rob. And we're, we're from Cater, Cater Pictures, Pictures, and you're listening, listening to Genre Entertainment. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Death paints our once great land. All oil shipments to the U.S. were put to a halt. Reserves quickly ran dry. Car factories burned. Chaos lit up the sky. An uprising began. Sides were chosen. Allegiances made. They called it the Second Civil War. Now scavengers, we have to fight to stay in a land with no direction, no leaders, no government. This land once stood for peace. Now it's barely standing. Okay, well, you're listening to Genre Entertainment, and this is Marx. And Julie, and today we're talking with the creators of the series Drifter and Stage Fright. Yep. So if you can introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your shows. Um, I'm Brittany Greer. I co-wrote um, Stage Fright with Jason. I also did, like, acting, makeup effects, stuff like that in there. Produced. Um, also produced, and I also helped produce Drifter as well. And I am Jason Brazier. Um, I wrote, directed, and produced Drifter Broken Road. And I directed, co-wrote, and produced Stage Fright. And I also edited and did some music on that as well. All right, guys. Well, can you tell us a little bit about Drifter? Well, Drifter is a post-apocalyptic western that takes place um, five years after a second civil war. And uh, it's definitely got my two loves of westerns and science fiction definitely blended into one uh, story so that was a lot of fun to do that but it's very much shot like a western because you know I tried to make it very relatable it takes place in an alternate now so when people watch it and it's been interesting when people watch it because I think of it as science fiction but people are like oh this is a cool drama I'm like it's a yeah it's a drama but it keeps getting put in like the drama cat like here at LA Webfest it's in a drama category, which is fantastic, but it, it weirds me out because my mind's always been science fiction, you know, because that's what it is to me. Um, but it is a drama, science fiction drama. Uh, and then I have people telling me that it's a Western. I'm like, well, yes and no. <laughs> you know, both. it's both. Um, it's just a unique story and a unique setting with all these different genres of trying to get um, blended blend together. I tried to, like, create a world where... If this actually happened, I think this is what it would look like. I think we would go back to some of our old ways of doing things, except we'd have some newer stuff, obviously, to make that happen. So, I mean, that's Drifter in a nutshell. Drifter Broken Road is um, she, uh, she befriends two people at a trading post along her trail, and uh, trouble follows her there. So that's Drifter. Um, Stage Fright was a throwback to more like old school like horror films with 
um, not having as much like gore and like nudity and stuff like that. We were very, very much aware of what we were doing as far as that went. Um, but I mean, too, it's a newlywed couple. They inherit a theater and instead of going on a honeymoon, they decide to renovate this place. The lead, Laney, is not wanting to do that at all. Um, and once they get in there, they find out that it uh, was way more than a free theater. It's pretty much a death trap. But when we did that, one of the things, like I said, we were really, really, really wanting to make like more of an old school thriller to like be creepy and to be like, oh god, like if I was in there, like I wouldn't want to stay. Kind of feeling instead of like a cover your eyes because it's like I can't, I can't see them like saw through a bone yeah. or something. So I mean, a lot of a lot of horror films have kind of yeah. come to that now. Um, and it's not more than scary. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it's just, what can we do to shock you? Like, what yeah. can we do to be like, oh, we one-upped this guy or we one-upped yeah. that guy. And that's not what we like about horror films because we both love horror films. And that's, that has we nothing wanted, to do. We wanted to get back to the root of what, 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 why do we like, what, what do we like about our horror movies? And, yeah. and when we did that, we came to the point of being like, okay, online. And we watched some online ones as well. And we decided, and I think it was a good choice, is that, you know, we weren't, is, you know, we, we didn't want to do jump scares. Because you don't know, in a theater it works. Because it's loud. It's loud. And, you know, yeah. you, you, and you're completely you, you, cut off from everything else. So yes. that's what you're experiencing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, with what we're doing, you, you could be watching it on the, your computer, your iPod, any, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how you're listening to it. Yeah, so I don't want to, yeah. Barking, yeah, you're, you're, you're not as focused, and it may scare you, it may not. And so we decided just to really just throw that out the door and just really crank up the creep factor with each episode and just make it creepier and creepier and then get to the WTH moments yeah. of, like, what the heck's going on. And so that was what we did. It's got a great response. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually started some debates between other people who love horror films because of how we ended it, which we won't say. Obviously, so people can go watch it. Coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan. Huge Buffy fan. Yay. Yeah. Good. Like, love the guy. He's favorite writer, director. I think he's fantastic. Coolest thing ever is, is uh, the girls on Indie Intertube were discussing um, stage fright. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things they said, they said something about a Joss Whedon type dialogue. Like, dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, like, they went off on a rant about yes. it. And I was like, Life is complete. That's <laughs> like that's Joss Whedon. I was like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. good to go. Yeah, I think the and I think they also said that it kind of gave him a Silent Hill type. It reminded them kind of like how we did the sound and stuff. That was cool for me as a yeah, dr- director because I mean, John Carpenter is the guy who influenced me early on. So this was kind of it was very nostalgic for me and stage fright because I got to go back. I hadn't directed anything in that in the horror genre since I was in high school. So now we had the money we were paying for prosthetics and effects. So I was just giddy a as a school. Theater? Yeah, yeah, we were into the actual theater for a week. And so, I mean, I was just giddy as a schoolgirl because I'm, like, watching them put the prosthetics on our characters. I'm just like, oh, I've been waiting for this since I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which is the biggest, and this has been the biggest project I've been a part of, too, yeah. like, with Stage Fright, which was awesome. Because, like you said, yeah. like, prosthetics, and we got, um, yeah. got to a, use a blood spray gun, which, oh, <laughs> which yeah. was epically, oh, yeah. oh, epically yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which was so cool to get sprayed in the face with. <laughs> yes. It was really fun. Yeah, well, we, and we worked with a guy who I've known for years, Mike Strain Jr., and his IMDb speaks for itself. He has done effects on everything. You can think of B-movies, A-movies. He, he does everything, and we've been wanting to work together for years, and finally we were able to get him for stage fright, and uh, 
it was just a lot of fun. And he, you know, and, and Brittany did some of the effects as well. Mike really focused a lot on the prosthetics and a lot of the onset like blood spray effect, like we, well, we need something. But Brittany did a lot of effects well as well for that. And he was really amazing too, because there was a there was a, a chest prosthetic I was doing. And I was, I was kind of nervous about it because I was like, oh, God, if this looks horrible, that's all on me. <laughs> that it looked bad and no fake. No pressure or anything. Yeah, that yeah. it looked yeah. bad and fake. And, like, a lot of the crew were kind of standing around like, ooh, what you doing? I'm like, uh, like, handshaking. Like, well, I'm trying to make this look like this and that. And, and he walked up, and he's super nice, and he's fantastic. And he's just like, well, hey, like, Try well, this. maybe put this color here. And he's like, do you care if I help? Which was awesome. And he was, like, kind of teaching me a few of his tricks which is really cool because like Jason was saying like he's been in the business a long time and he's worked with a lot of people and like he's he's very respected and in, in his business and what he does so it was really cool that he was like hey like like can I help you like is it okay if I show you this yeah. so I was just like yes you may yeah, which it, was an awesome yeah, experience for yeah, me and and another note that's really interesting is that the theater we shot in actually isn't there no more we were the last thing that oh, really? captured it on video yeah. um, which we didn't know that until yeah, like like one of the Three last ones. Yeah. What was the name of the theater and where was it? Um, it was the Vandevort Theater in Springfield, Missouri, and it's was it, the theater had been there for years. Um, in fact, I mean they gave us a history lesson whenever we were there about it. But I guess as soon as we got done, they had like three more shows, and we found out that they yeah they were going to renovate it out and, and so make it a hotel. yeah so they had to find a different location because they did like plays and yeah. stuff there so they had to oh, find wow. a different location yeah entirely so like all the stuff you see like as far as like so the they props just and stuff it. they're gonna yeah. gut it and make it yep. into something else yeah and it was really cool because a lot of the actors who were in it have worked in that theater a lot and so they really were happy to ca- to be a part of the project capture that on captured camera. it on camera yeah. because and we even got some behind the scenes footage and we're actually putting together slowly as time comes along behind the scenes stuff of so we can really show the theater and how we did things but don't watch the those first because those are big spoilers yeah watch yeah. the yeah. series first yeah. might ruin something yeah drift to broken road and and stage right why did you make them web series versus trying to make a, a film or try to pitch it as a tv series or something well, I, you know, I, and I get this, we get this question a lot, and I think the easiest way to say it is that, for me, I have been wanting to do online stuff since 2004. I saw a movie online, and I just said, you know what, this is a brilliant idea, why isn't anybody doing a TV show online? And I came up to Missouri State, was trying to get people to do this with me. I had this whole idea, I said, let's do like a friend sitcom, we'll put it online and do this and that and whatever, and people were like... I don't want to do a YouTube video. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to do a YouTube video. I want to do this. And then, of course, a couple of years later, Joss Whedon came out with Dr. Horrible, and everybody's like, hey, let's do web series. Yeah. I'm like, I've been saying that for the last two years. Like, it's, <laughs> such, it's such a good idea. Yeah. He did it. Yeah, like, I'm like, I, yeah, I know. You need Joss Whedon to legitimize it. Yeah, yeah really. exactly. Which is fine. Once, it was fantastic. Once, once he does it, it's gold. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine fair, for the rest. even after Dr. Horrible, you know, we were telling, okay, we're going to do a web series, and we found ourselves constantly going, okay, it's like a TV show, but it's on the computer. Yeah. You know, and and, and people, people just didn't, didn't seem yeah, to they get, didn't it. get it. Yes. Yeah. And but yes. then by the time it came out, you know, it was starting to be more common. Like yes. when we first started filming, we had to keep repeating this over and over again. And then after we've released it, it's kind of gotten to where it's a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I still have yeah. to explain it yeah. to people like yeah. at work. And, and I think that it's 
I think that will start changing with time, and I think that where we're at right now with, with everybody doing stuff, the ones that I think the next step is for people to start teaming up on things, because everybody's doing their own thing, which is fine. Because I mean, yeah. we we're still doing our own stuff too. But like, I think that what's going to make the big wigs, I don't know what else to call them, who people who are watching this, the suits, yeah, the suits, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that works too. you know, and I said it the other day in a panel, like. We're the ones taking all the risk of storytelling right now. And Hollywood's seeing that, and they're like, okay, we are seeing these web series being so popular, so they see it as a money-making opportunity. And I've seen some Hollywood-produced stuff, and I'm just kind of, I've seen only, I've only seen a couple that I've really liked, and that was the Mortal Kombat one, and um, Halo's Horton to Dawn. Those were were good, you know, but I still feel like that they're, Missing, they're, they're missing the point of web series. Do you think they try stuff. to play it too safe? Because they yes. have more to lose? Yes, yeah. I think they play it too safe, but at the same time, I think that they are still trying to just make it... They don't want to change anything. And that's the thing about doing a web series, is that you don't. You can do anything you want. And I think they're trying to do it like films. And TV. Like they're yeah. trying to do it like a television show, or they're trying to do it like a film. They can't break and away then, from that. that yeah, yeah, that like how that structure that they're, so, yeah, yes. that they're so used to. Like, it's hard to, like, and, like, they're, like, it feels like, within some of the other web series mm-hmm. we've seen, it feels like they shoot everything and then, like, chop it up. And, like, yeah. and that's something we've strived so, really hard yes. not to do. Like, we want them to feel like it's, this is this yeah. episode, this yes. is this episode. And yes. it has, like, an overall arc, true, like a normal television yep. show would. Mm-hmm. But it feels different. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel and, like the yes. same thing. And, and that I, was I don't think yeah. they've got that yet. Yeah. Like, well, and it's just like, because I see that a lot. And that's the thing that bugged me a lot about it was that I hate, I, I think it's like, like she said, like they lay it out in the timeline editing and then they just chop and say, okay, we'll end it here. And I, I, I just saw that so much and I hated it because I felt like it was insulting to the audience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people argue with me about it saying, well, that, doesn't that make you want to see the next episode? It's just, no, it makes me angry. <laughs> They're trying to make the medium fit their formula instead of respecting yes, yes. the medium. Yeah, and doing it instead differently. of switching it. Which, yes, the opposite way. I think Joss Whedon did a really good job because he was like, like and, and a lot of people yeah. and a lot of people think like because you like I'll try to explain like a web series. I'm like, well, it's kind of like Doctor Horrible. However, Joss Whedon had Minus a the specific aspect. yeah my, yeah. yeah you don't have to have a musical every time no. but like I mean I he, want Drifter the musical I actually do I do want to do a musical sometime I've always wanted to direct a musical you should do a sci-fi western horror musical yes <laughs> hey there you go blood and singing it's gonna be fabulous <laughs> that should be the opening <laughs> number blood, blood and, and singing. singing it'll be great <laughs> it's gonna be the best thing ever oh, that's awesome. but but like with Whedon I think and he's once again he's fabulous but like I feel like he was just like a lot of people think when you say okay it's kind of like Dr. Horrible like how he set it up so a lot of people are like oh so each thing needs to be 30 minutes it's like no no no, no. that's the beauty of web series you can do whatever you want you can do like you can do whatever content you want, like because you don't have ratings to worry about. Yeah. You can. I mean, if you want each episode to be five minutes, make each episode be five minutes. If you Different want them, links. Yeah, yes. if you want them to be eight or nine or ten, like that's another thing I love about web series is you don't have, you don't have to fit your story to a specific time frame like a television show does or a movie does. You can make the story flow into whatever it needs to flow yeah. into as far as time goes, which yeah. is beautiful. And, like, yeah. once again, I don't think they're grasping that yet. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting you, you mentioned, you know, Dr. Horrible because we watched it and then it played at one point on the CW. Yes. And I watched it on the CW and it was so funny because it, it didn't seem to fit. 
Yeah. Like all the, the exactly. commercial breaks were weird and it came in at odd times. And that's how I really realized at that moment was it really was made with the web in mind yep. yes. because yep. it did not work with how the, the network was like, it has to fit in this time frame. Yep. We have to have this many commercial breaks and they have to be this yep. many minutes apart. Yep. And it just messed up the entire flow. Yeah. Well, that's just like when people people have asked us, "Hey, are you going to edit Drifter into a movie?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "That's not the point. I want you to watch our series. And if you're, I want, I think my, our, I think my approach and her, well, our approach has always been, we want people to look at any series we do and go, "Wow, that was a web series." And that's the point. Yeah, you like know, it, it could be a movie, or it could, it could be, be like a it television has the same show. Quality. Yes, yes, yeah. it has the same quality. It just is a different it's just, yes, yes. Exactly. yes, and you can get anywhere you want. And you know, and right now the industry is still really young, and we're still all trying to find our footing. And of course, the big thing is how do you make money off of it? And there are ways to do it. You know, you just gotta find. You have to find your niche and just work. It's not going to happen overnight. I think it, LA Webfest is really helping though, because I mean we've met like I yeah. mean as we were talking earlier, like we've met so many people from like other countries, and it's just crazy. I mean like from Britain, like mm-hmm. um, Australia, like all the all these people from Canada and uh, New Jersey, and New York. We've met so many people, and it's yeah. so cool to see all these people that have the same thing in mind. Yeah. Yep. And so I mean it's it's there, and like I think like things like LA Webfest and like Hollywood stuff like that. Like yep. I really think they're helping. Like, kind of show and get it out more. Because, I mean, honestly, like we were saying, like, some people just don't understand, like, what a web series yes. is. And, like, the more things like this grow and, like, the more things yeah. like this attract mm-hmm. people from all around the world to it, uh-huh. um, I really think it's going to start helping. And, like, yeah. once, I mean, this has been yeah. going on for, like, what, four years, yes. they said, for LA Webfest. Yeah. And it's, I mean, our first time to be here. Yep. But, I mean, it's just, like, only four years, and there's already so many, like, people involved with it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. like, imagine what's going to happen in another four years. Yes, exactly. Like, and I think it's just yeah. going to take time, but I do think there's... I mean, yeah. just being proved that there's yes. a and way that, to make money. And, and that scared... That's, I think that's what scared a lot of people in Hollywood. Yeah. Because before the Avengers, I mean, you know, he, he could have just went on and done his own online production stuff, and he would have been fine, because he's got the fan base for it. Yeah. You know, so... I think that I honestly think that they gave him the Avengers and stuff to keep him busy, so they didn't lose him, that, you know, and do that because he would be competition then. Yeah. And well, because yeah, I mean, most of his fans have been following him since the early days of Buffy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, every, everybody, yeah, everybody who watched that, it was you know, even the actors were like, people aren't, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar fans or James Marsters fans nearly as much as they are Joss Whedon fans. Yeah. Even back in the early days, it was. You know, the fans came out in droves for him. He's yeah. a genius. His yes. vision. Yes. I mean, he's a genius. Exactly. Like, his storytelling. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, well, his and dialogue. And he yeah. does, Everything. and, you know, it, his, it goes from the writing to the directing, and he casts really well. Yes, he yes. does, yeah. Very, uh, like, yes. Cabin in the Woods. Like, because oh, once again, we were talking movie. about, like, like we didn't that want so to good. do, yeah, like, t- we didn't want to do a stage fright, um, like, the blood and the gore and the nudity, but, like, how and like I'm 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 usually not a fan of having nudity in something like I feel if it's necessary then fine put it in there like if it feels necessary then that doesn't bother me if it yeah. feels like you're just Forced. doing it to do it then like then I usually have issues but like with Cabin in the Woods I didn't have issues at all because like the story itself I was, was like this a, is amazing like it yes so, it was just a over this the is top, perfect very, yeah it was the lost Buffy episode is what it felt it, like yeah. yeah that's that's yeah and, yeah. Really yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like they were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, they even, and I love it too because he has like his little Joss 
family. Like, I love watching his movies and his television shows because I love to see who he brings in from other yeah. shows. And, yeah. And, and, and you can he tell does he it. likes, whenever he, he likes actors, he tries to bring them in yeah, for other stuff. And I think that's great, too, because yeah. I think, which is what we're trying to do, um, with people is like I think he gives people chances mm-hmm. and then like once you do well he's like he rewards you he's like okay you've done well in this like I'm going to bring you back like yeah. I enjoy yeah. working with you I want to bring you back and he, he helps so many people Yeah. like I think I mean that's another thing that we strive to do in Springfield is like try yeah. to give people yeah. opportunities to get their like Jason always says like to get your feet wet um, like if you haven't shot anything, doesn't mean you shouldn't ever get to shoot anything. You might right. as well get thrown in there and try it. Yeah. You know, it's only one way to learn. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, like, and it all comes back to just that to answer. I guess the real thing to answer the question is the freedom of it all. Really, it comes down to that, and we're the ones taking all the risk of storytelling and trying to be the most creative. And I said in the panel earlier this two days ago here at LA Webfest, I said Hollywood. We don't need them. They need us. And I don't, I'm not mean that in a derogatory way. It's just that we're the ones right now who are, you know, taking the risks and yeah. trying to tell stories differently that they won't do. And I'd, and I'd rather be a part of that. And there was even an interview with Joss Whedon here a long time before the Avengers came out. And they were asking him because he has another web series he wants to do. I think, it's, I think it was called Wastelanders, which is funny because our company's a American Wasteland Entertainment. I was fine with it. Yeah. So, um, but they they were saying, "Well, why would you want to do that after doing the Avengers?" And I love, and I'm I'm going to misquote this terribly, probably. So, if he ever listens to this, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> but, um, it, it, I think he said something along the lines of that it's kind of like the punk rock mm-hmm. of filmmaking right now, and you're a real rebel if you're like doing it. He said he'd rather be a part of something like that where you can have so much more creativity pretty much is what he was getting at and that's I think that's what it comes down to and I think that's why you're seeing even just a lot of filmmakers trying to do it because a lot of actors are getting discovered now doing it filmmakers um, the guy who just directed the um, Evil Dead remake he did a short film called Panic Attack which is awesome I saw that when it came out and it he had people arguing and fighting over him to get him to direct something for them here in Hollywood, you know, and then Sam Raimi got him to do Evil Dead, and I can't wait to see that, but, um, because I love the original so much, and I love Sam Raimi, but, you know, I think, I think that's what this comes down to, it's just, it's just, there's the free, there's just so much more freedom there, not that there's not, I mean, you can write and do anything you want as a movie, too, don't get me wrong, but with the internet and doing things, like, we've got another series we want to do, and we can't say what it is right now, because we're still developing it, but we've got so much stuff that it's to, fabulous. to go along <laughs> with the series. That's just more than you know. We've got the series itself, and then we're going to have all these other components that go with it that we've already lined out and know what we're going to do with it. And you know, yeah, you can do that with um, a movie. You can merchandising. I love merchandising, but it's, who doesn't with any of your favorite movies? But there's just something about on the internet. With getting the interactivity of it, I think that's what people like the most of it. Well, about that, it. And it reaches everybody. Yeah. Like with a short film, I think it's harder to get a short film out there. Like if you have a showing, for instance, if we had a showing in Springfield, Missouri, where we're from, like yeah. if we had if we had a showing there, 
not many people could come to it. Like, my family lives three and a half hours away. My family couldn't drive necessarily, not all of them anyways. But, like, with being able to do things on the web, like, it allows us to be able to stay, like, in our hometowns and shoot things and get things out here. Like, that's why we're at L.A. Like, you know, we got to stay in Missouri and do what we wanted to do and shoot what we wanted to shoot. And then come out to L.A. to show it. And it's the same thing. It's like, my family gets to see everything I do. Because I can give them a link. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... Click here. Like, yes. Yeah, like, that's all you have to do. Yes. Type in this web address. Yeah. Click the first episode and go, which yeah. is awesome. Like, you don't have to worry about... Once again, yes. it's the freedom. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, well, when can we have a showing yeah. that everybody can come to? Oh, you can just watch it whenever you're free. Like, yes. if you have a free minute at work, yeah. you're on a break, go ahead and play the first episode, which is another thing that I think is amazing about web series is it doesn't constrict you... Yeah, and what you're able to do you as put far the kids as showing, and then you know yeah, exactly yeah. watch an episode. Yeah, you don't have to find a babysitter. Yep. You don't have to. You don't wait have to, to be go right out. there. You don't have to either remember to record it. Yeah. or be there when it when, it, when it's yeah. playing. Yeah, you know? it's just oh, I, yeah. I've got my phone and well, on and, me. And if you really just think about it, we've we've made a big dent in the entertainment industry because now you've got all the big wigs and guys up, up stairs going, okay, why is this such a big phenomenon? Why is this working? And I think that that's what, we're doing something. And I think that, you know, we just need to continue working on that, team up on things. Which would be fun. There's a lot of people here we'd like to work with. Yes. And a lot of people. You know, and, I, and you know what? I, and I will say this, because I think everybody should know it besides us. I, with the way the internet's going, I don't think you have to be we don't have to be in Britain to produce something. With how web series is right now, we could do a lot of stuff on one end and have the and work with the other people to film it somewhere else in another country. Yeah. You know, I think that's the next step. Nobody's teaming up. And I think that that's what's going to be the next step in getting the industry further is really trying to team up on things and do series. And not just do whims. I mean, any series. Like, I mean, I would love to do some really dramatic stuff. Like, I would love to do... I love period pieces. I would, you know... One of my favorite movies of all time is Dr. Zhivago. That's a long movie. <laughs> and I, lo- I love that old, this old school period storytelling. You know, that's why I like a lot of hammer horror movies is because I love the period pieces, the period piece stuff of that. And uh, that's why I love westerns. I just, I just love stuff that's in a different time. And I would love to do some dramatic stuff like that, you know. And then Brittany, I mean, she's, I mean we've, got, we've got a stack of stuff that we would love to do. But we just, we're saving it for that right moment because, you know, right now if I went out and did a, a I don't know, a Mark Twain story, I don't know. I don't. That's not going to get a lot. Of, we don't have a Mark Twain. We do. We don't. I, I, that's <laughs> just an abstract. I promise. We that, don't that, have that, a Mark Twain yeah, story. That was an abstract. That Mark one. Twain vampire hunter. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Just yeah. yeah. as Mark Twain. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. No, I was just pulling something out of the air there. I don't know. Just some story, you know, because you you, you got to you know, it's just not time for that just yet. But you know, and but there are a lot of different people that are doing different things that. You know, I'm just like, I see these other web series, I'm like, oh man, if these people and these people got together and like, I mean, still keep doing their the show. Dream team. Yeah. Yeah, yes, and, yeah. And came together and just did something, it would advance everything for us all. And so. everybody's so willing for that too. Like, everybody's so yeah. awesome that we've yeah. met here. Like, which I, it's not that I didn't expect them to be, but, yeah. you know, so many times people don't necessarily, like, I don't want to say like share, like, like trade secrets, I guess. Yeah. But like, 
they're like very willing like because one of the big things with web series is because I mean everybody that's doing it most everybody that's doing it are independent people um, and money is usually an issue with that yeah. and so a lot of the first questions you you have for somebody is like that looks so professional like where did you shoot how like how did you raise your money and so it's kind of cool because everyone's like oh I can tell you what I did like yeah. I did this and yeah. then then that guy over there said he did this mm -hmm. and so everybody's so willing to help on that front mm -hmm. like and everybody that we've mentioned to a couple of people like how cool it would be to work with them and they're like yeah like you should come here or we'll come there or you just send us stuff so it's really cool that everyone's so willing yeah. to help and you might as well because it's like we're technically as a web series community we're kind of all in it together mm -hmm. like if if one one of your p people in your group made it it's like i worked with them i helped them get to that step they yeah. did it so can we yep. so i mean that's another thing that's just fabulous with it but. there's a real spirit of cooperation with yes. the web community yeah yep. it is it's nice too and i think yeah. it's because it's so young yeah like it's, exactly. it's still a very and, yeah, young and, thing that's happening and we're and we're going you know everybody here, you know, at the festival and just out there making series, they're, you know, we're all helping mold what the industry's going to look like four years from now, you know. One of, one of the girls, Suzette, that's here, she's fabulous, she's from Canada, she, like, she's been, like, promoting people, like, she's, yes. she's amazing, like, she's like, what time's your show? Okay, hey, like... Like you, you over there. Like I met you yesterday. You should come to this showing with us. Like yeah. so, she's like grabbing other people. Like she's like, give me your card. Like handing our cards to people. Like you should come to this showing. Like you guys come to mine. I'll come to yours. We'll get this guy. Yep. So it's just really cool because you would like you would assume that people would be like, I'm not going to your showing. Like I'm I'm going to my showing. Yeah. But like they're like, oh no, like like I've got a panel. As soon as my panel's done, like I'll hop in your show, which is so cool and it's like it's really nice and like liberating. Yeah. To know that people are so willing to help and like are being so nice with us, it's awesome. I love yep. it. <laughs> okay, where can people find you guys on the web? Um, they can go to drifterseries.com to watch Drifter. And then if you want to watch Stage Fright, you go to AmericanWastelandENT.com backslash Stage Fright. And what can we expect next from you guys? That you can tell us. That yeah. you can tell us. Mar when, no, when, and will Mark Twain be in it? Yeah. <laughs> there, I, I swear no, there's no never going to be a Mark Twain, Twain project. No. Watch, like, we're going to get home and be like, hey, you know what, that Mark Twain idea? <laughs> I think we should go back to that. <laughs> I really think. See, y'all in the right place. Yeah, I really think go. we should rethink that, that Mark Twain really vampire thing. Yeah. Like, I really like it. You no, know, I've, I've got a strong feeling that he'd be more with the zombies yes you know, I'm feeling very strongly too. about Mark Twain with zombies for some reason I would be fine with zombies it I'm could a be the lack fan. of sleep but <laughs> maybe maybe and maybe the lack of sleep is sounding like why. a really workable idea yeah, yeah. there you go yeah, the well, lack of sleep is probably why I'm so agreeable to it yeah, yeah. Like, that it's such a good it's idea yeah, I'm gonna exactly. write some stuff down uh, next for us we are trying we, we've written the, the series 2 of Drifter which is epic by yeah the way. it goes if I, it's, I, I it's more we, like, we co-wrote it and yes. so it's I'm not being biased like we've, we've had a few of other crew members read it telling you it's epic it's gonna be really yeah, great it's it's going a little darker um the, the best way i could categorize it is it's gonna be more of a dark western type thriller set in this post-apocalyptic world and uh we're we basically call it a sci-fi western yeah 
Yeah. Yes. Well, and I, that's, that's how I tried calling it. Like. I, I started calling it the sci-fi western, but and I had to stop calling it that because everybody said, well, there's no laser guns. I don't see any sci-fi. I'm like, oh. so, and I, and I started hearing I that, hear so that. I had to start telling people it's post-apocalyptic or dystopian western and uh, because that made more sense to them for some reason, which is fine, huh. you know, but so Whatever I just, works. yeah. And so we're just, the next one will be a little darker and um, a little more... More dystopian. Uh, yes, yeah. It's a it's a it's a little darker. We have some fun. We have created some, some fun characters. Fun characters. Oh yeah. There's there's one that we're really looking forward to <laughs> casting. She's my favorite. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a girl, and yeah. she's my favorite. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be fun to do, and we're actually as soon as we get back from the festival, we're gonna after recovering a few days, we're going to you know, start trying to get the fundraising for that and getting the casting going, and just start that whole process for that and get that shot. Hopefully in the summer. Sometimes what we're aiming for, but we'll see. Well, keep yeah. us updated. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We're gonna definitely. Be... And we have another project. We were saying earlier. We can't really can't really say anything about it, but we do yeah. have another. Well, I think you've let the rather... cat out of the Mark Twain bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is, you're not gonna show anybody this, right? Like yeah. no one's gonna know about the Mark Twain thing. Because I mean, I need to get that copyrighted quick. Yeah. If you guys are gonna put this up right away. <laughs> but yeah, we do have another one that's going. That's gonna be another episodic yeah. type thing. Um, like how I mean, how Drifter is. Um, with stage fright, it's more of a like we f- we feel we could do more things with it, but yeah, we as have of an right idea, now, but... we feel like it's more of a just like this is this is it's a mini series, the mini series, and that's it. It's just yeah, story it, it, story. it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, but we do have another one that is going to be more how Drifter is as far as episodic into other seasons and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah. that's another thing that we're working yeah. on and right then we've now. We've got a pl- you know, like I said, we've got a plethora of ideas. I've got another sci-fi drama that I'd like to to do um i came up with and i it's a really good story and it's kind of it, it's one of those old school it reminds me of an old school sci-fi tale that you saw in the 60s and stuff like fahrenheit 451 one of those films that makes you think that's my favorite book i think it's so i absolutely you know fahrenheit, fahrenheit 451 fahrenheit 451 it's after midnight just so you know i don't even know what day it is anymore yeah, no, for sure like no one, good. no one at the festival knows either. We're like, wait, no, wait. Today's Saturday. No, yeah. today's Thursday. No, today's, today's Thursday. What? what? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. What? I How think it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, just, just because I mean, everybody's like staying up late, going to all these different showings, and you're going to all these different panels. And, no yeah. Yeah. Like it's like keeping track of time, let alone a day, is yes, silly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks for talking with us, and uh, good Keep luck us with. Updated and good luck on all your projects. Thanks. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for talking to us. Hi, I'm Ben Bays, executive producer of Aiden 5, the web series, and you're listening to Genretainment. Special thanks to everyone for taking the time to chat with us, and we wish all of their shows luck, and we do look forward to speaking with them again. So that's it for today's Genretainment. Check back next week with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. And don't forget, part two will be on this Thursday, and we'll be interviewing more awesome creators, such as the minds behind the New York-produced superhero comedy Super Knocked Up, the L.A.-based Cater Pictures, who talked to us about their new comedy series, The Ladies and the Gents, and that did just premiere today, like Marks had mentioned. Yeah. 
Um, also the superhero series Justice Woman and the Vancouver comedy Last Chance Casting. And coming up next week, we have more web series coverage, this time not at LA Web Fest, but over the phone with Lisa Dean, the creator of the animated series Chilltown TV. Also the producer and director of the Point of View action web series Armed Response on the YouTube channel Hard Coded. And as if that wasn't enough, we will also have the creative minds behind the new science fiction YouTube channel Forge Apollo. And don't forget, you can always check out all of our past episodes of Genretainment in the archives at scifipulseradio.com. And you can also check out the other great shows on this channel like SFP Now, The Roundtable, and Jeff Trek. And please share, like, and comment on all of our episodes to show us that you want more. Genretainment will be back right here on this channel this Thursday with part two. Big thanks from us to all of you out there for listening to us. Until, Until next time. time.